In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information... What do you do when your world crashes in around you unexpectedly? Our two guests today have had horrific things happen to them, yet they have defied the odds and have accomplished the remarkable. Welcome to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Patty Wyatt this morning. Um, we do not have Lisa Jernigan. She is out traveling the world doing remarkable things. But it is my pleasure and honor to have my older sister, (laughs) Kathy Morgan. She's sitting here with me as we're drinking our coffee and just having a good time. But Kathy, in all your finite wisdom, what does it take to accomplish the remarkable? Well, I think there's a lot of um, numerous ways to accomplish the remarkable. But, you know, it all starts from the desire of your heart within just to move forward. Well, I I love this question. Quote, it says, one thing at a time, most important things first, start now. And so many times we, we wake up in the morning, we want to do the remarkable, but we don't, um, we don't know where to begin. And right. it's just sometimes it's just going, I'm going to start right now in the little things and, and make that baby step. And maybe it can lead to some bigger steps, maybe even a giant leap eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just getting up out of bed in the morning and, and showing up and I know um, maybe you've heard, Patty, that um, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we choose to respond to it. So, um, Well, that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We will be discussing with our guests how they have done the remarkable and how it usually starts, like you said, Kath, from the desires of your heart, which also many times means mastering your fears and um, just taking those, those little steps. Yeah. Sometimes life can be so overwhelming, but um, just choosing to move forward. Well, so many times, too, it's uh, what we allow our mind to think about. I know uh, King Solomon, even, you know, writing in Proverbs about protecting your heart. And what does that really mean when he talks about guarding your heart? And it really means what we're allowing our minds to think about. If we feel inadequate because we've allowed our mind to go there, then we start responding yeah, well, that we're inadequate. What you focus on really um, dictates a lot of, of who you are and what you do. Well, um, I, I have to go there with, um, obviously, being sisters, we have tons and tons and tons <laughs> of stories. Careful. <laughs> but one of them that comes to my mind right now was uh, a few years ago when we were in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., and why don't you go ahead, tell them a little bit about why we were there. Well, we were there because of some tragic stuff that had happened in our past, and my dad was called to speak to some committee. So we thought we didn't want him to face those things by himself. He was, uh, it, it was a very fearful situation on his part. So Patty and I um, decided to go and, and be there with him. So um, we went to the committee meeting, and then after that, we went and had lunch, and we were on our way, I believe, to do a videotaping with Senator uh, Kyle and my father, our, our dad. Yes, 
Yes. And um, we got so excited because we were going to be with Senator John Kyle uh -huh. and they were doing this videotaping. Dad was uh -huh. working on a victim's rights bill. And um, we thought that being his daughters, we need uh -huh. to be there with him apparently to hold his hand. Because it, was, he, it was overwhelming. Yeah. What, and what well, it was overwhelming, but I think he would have been a big boy and he would have been able to handle it. <laughs> but us being, you know, his daughters, he didn't right. live the, his life uh, at, at any point with, without us. I guess we thought that we, we needed to be in the room as they were doing the videotaping. Yeah, it was a TV studio and with uh, a couple cameras, right? And I, I believe there were probably like four cameras. <laughs> in a living room scene. And it was a very tiny room. And they took Dad in and we were, uh, they went to go shut the door. Remember, and we both looked at them and said, "No, no, no, no. we we would like to be in there with them." It and was more of we have to be in that exactly. room with them, and they said, "No, no, no." They did. They we did. do not want anybody else in this room because it, if you guys make a peep, any noise at all, the cameras will pick it up. And I think you got us in the room, though. I think you <laughs> talked them into it, grabbed my hand, and then we stood in the furthest corner from the door and said, "We'll be as quiet as a mouse." And so we finally got the cameraman to maybe have a half of a smile and said, all right, girls, but seriously, no noise whatsoever. And he also said, it's going to be a long taping. It's he going did. to take us a he while. Um, so we were probably a, a good maybe 30 <laughs> minutes into the taping when you all of a sudden out of nowhere decide that this is the time to use the facilities. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, which gave us the giggles because you decided that rather than stand, you would kneel like that was going to help you. Because well, he told me I couldn't leave. I just <laughs> I kind of pointed to the door and he started shaking his head no. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? So and I especially dropped. once someone tells you no, then oh, you really have to go to the more. restroom. <laughs> so, so I kind of started lowering myself to the floor. and As you lowered, it was a time that every single bone in your body decided to crack. And it was, um, I don't know, it was almost as if pottery had just hit the floor and the crackling <laughs> started. So then you started giggling. The cameraman was just giving us dagger looks. And they're looking at each other going, what did we do? Why did we allow these two girls into the studio? And the whole time, Senator Kyle is up there talking to Dad, and Dad is trying to focus, thinking, what's going on in the corner? Because the room's not that big. <laughs> and So uh, at one point, we do finally give the pleading look to the cameraman says, as okay. if, okay, this is, this is truly an emergency. We right. have to leave. Right. And uh, he finally allows you to crawl. You have to crawl across the floor to get underneath the cameras, which right. made it even more comical. <laughs> and he barely opened the door for you to squeeze your body through. And then when the door shut, he had to hold oh. one. One hand, he was holding the camera. The other hand was holding the door because he thought, okay, That's right. this girl's going to try right. to She's go use the facility and then come back into the studio. <laughs> So yeah, that's that. At that point, I was laughing pretty hard, and and then you evaporated. You were so embarrassed that you never ever. <laughs> but it's amazing what we were in there because we were trying to help Dad face a situation, uh, his fears, and and uh, here it turned into something uh, of a circus. But we found ourselves in a circumstance where we thought, "What are we doing?" Um, but we showed up. We showed up, and, and sometimes when you show up, it, it goes left when you think it's going to go right, mm -hmm. but um, Dad, they ended up taping it. It was fine. 
I think we gave those guys a lot of stuff to talk about later over the dinner table, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, we took a situation and we, we used it. I love that. Just, just showing up so many times and conquering our fears. Um, we have to stretch out of our comfort zones. And it's easy. At least it, it is for me. Like when I know that you're going to be there, when I know Lisa's going to be there, um, we we want to just be able to say, okay, we're just going to rely on God and we're going to be able to, mm-hmm. to conquer those fears. But he also puts those people in our lives, um, those relationships that you have mm-hmm. them to kind of rally along beside you that help you as well. Right. You know, it's interesting um, that we're talking about this today because just last week, um, my uh, 20-something's daughter um, was asked to share her story. She has... Wait, if you say 20-something's <laughs> daughter, does that make you younger? Because I think she actually hit 30. But we'll go with 20-something. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> okay, so Carrie, Carrie well, calls you. So she called, and um, she has quite the uh, story that, that happened to her uh, a few years back. And so she was asked to speak... Uh, over in Northern Ireland to uh, a couple thousand youth, uh, teenagers and 20-somethings, and just share her her life story. And uh, she was scared. She she was very fearful of it. And she called me and is just simply, Mom, what do you think? Should I do this? And I just, I, I said, absolutely. You know, just God's given you this story. Um, just show up and and see what he'll do. But you never know how your story will impact somebody else's life and, and, and encourage them. But I just told her, don't allow your fears to dictate who you are and what you're going to do in life. Just show up and, and see what happens. And Well, and I think that when we do allow our fears to dictate and we do allow the, the negative thoughts to mm-hmm. come into our mind, as you get mm-hmm. older, um, it becomes that person that you are. And then this is just one of those, you know, silly little thoughts, but I I was reading this book by John Grisham, the partner, and uh, he's describing one of the attorneys. And it's so funny because he talks about, I actually have to to read you the few few sentences. He talks about, uh, he hated his office. He hated the people, even the ones he barely knew. He hated every book on every shelf and Mm. every file on every desk. He hated the photos on his wall and the smell of everything, the stale coffee in the hall, the chemicals near the copier, the perfume of the secretaries, everything. And so many times when we let our mind um, take in all the negative, that's that's the person you become. Instead mm-hmm. of being a positive um, individual that can master your fears, that can move forward, stretch out of your comfort zone and do remarkable things, we can allow the, the negativity to take over and um, not listen to what God would have us do, but to listen to just all the, the junk, right? right? right. I've, I've heard of cleaning out the junk in your trunk. I mean, that's right. literally cleaning it out or you become that person. Exactly. And, and you know, we all have fears. And today we're, we're going to hear some pretty remarkable stories, but everybody has fears. And um, some are, uh, they might seem insignificant, fear of, of losing uh, a friend or a, a child or a, uh, a spouse. Um, or just a fear of not fitting into your your peer group, um, and and that can we need to deal with that. But to realize that everybody has those fears, what are you going to do with them, and and get them out of the, mm-hmm. the the junk in the closet? But I think a lot of times uh, a good solid friend can come alongside you and encourage you to to face up to those things and and um, uh, get them out of your life. Yeah, but. 
Well, um, I, I love this quote. It says, implausible endings become significant historical facts when one exhibits the courage to challenge what has been considered impossible. And our next guest, in my eyes, he really has been doing the things that are the impossible. Um, his name is Paul Harris, and he is a motivational speaker, an author, um, as well as a highly successful businessman. Paul is currently um, working with a Hollywood producer to write and film a movie around his extraordinary story. And we are so excited, excited to have him as a guest with us today. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginap. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta is on Toginet, Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss, cooking, organizing, relationships, and a touch of inspiration and motivation. Phyllis ensures through the Mommy Mentor that moms have a voice, a shoulder, a friend. Phyllis is an amazing woman who has the ability to weather the storm with her pearls on and keep right on going. And the Mommy Mentor was born of that spirit because at any given moment, you might find yourself in need of support from someone who has been there. And Phyllis has definitely been there. With her husband and three kids, the struggles they faced, that's what the Mommy Mentor is all about. One mommy showing support for another mommy. Whether you're a seasoned veteran mommy or a brand new mommy, the Mommy Mentor is here to offer you support, share stories, connect on a spiritual level, and make new friends. Check out themommymentor.com. And then don't miss the show, The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta. Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, welcome back. We are sitting here this morning. I actually have a guest host, Kathy Morgan, my sister. Yes. And we are excited to have Paul V. Harris um, as our guest. He is showing us how to master our fears so we can live the life of our dreams. Paul is an internationally recognized and highly sought after speaker. For over 17 years, his story has touched and inspired more than 100,000 people from every walk of life all across North America. And the moment you meet Paul, you'll instantly see a man who has experienced things in his life few people could dare imagine. Paul, are you there? And we do not have Paul. Well, now we do. We have Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you? How are you doing? (laughs) I am absolutely phenomenal. How are you doing today? We are doing great. And Paul, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Yes, yes, I'm, uh, I've been looking forward to this. This is absolutely going to be awesome. Well, Paul, we would love to, um, to hear your story, exactly what happened. Um, we know you were in a car accident. Can you give us a few more details about that? Oh, yes, oh, yes. Back in 1989, I was burned 85% third-degree burns. I was trapped in a vehicle, and... It was quite the ordeal. You know, uh, the beginning of the day, we started off, we were just working just like everybody else. You know, you get up in the morning, you go to work, and, and you have no idea that this day, your life is going to change forever. Mm-hmm. Just in an instant, anything can happen. And uh, it was at the end of the day, we'd finished working, we're on our way back to the yard, and the brakes had failed in the vehicle that we were in. This is a big 10-wheel flatbed truck. We had been hauling pipe because that was our job that day was to unload all this pipe out of the hole and put it on the truck and then bring it back to the yard. We were about five miles away from the job site, and the brakes had failed in the vehicle. We were only going about five miles an hour. Wow. So luckily enough, we got it stopped at a local 7-Eleven, went over there, used a pay phone because this was pre-cell phone days. Back in 1989, used a payphone, called the boss. The boss comes out. He says, oh, pour some brake fluid in it. You'll be fine. Now, I was a young kid at the time. I was 20 years old. I was working for this guy. He was older. He had a lot more experience. I knew a little bit about mechanics. So I'm walking around underneath the truck, and I see brake fluid squirting out of the backing plates while this guy's pouring brake fluid in the cylinder and the driver was pumping the brakes. Mm. And I bring this to his attention. I say, look, this is not good. Fluid is squirting out. Something's wrong here. (laughs) And he tells me, oh, it's going to be fine. Just get in the truck, help Dave, and if you need some brake fluid, just put some more brake fluid in. Well, even though I had known that this was a very bad thing, that getting in this truck could risk my life because I was scared of losing my job. Mm. I didn't take any further action. Yeah. I was scared. So I didn't push the issue with the boss. I mean, this guy is Mm -hmm. the boss. This is the guy who writes my check. So I don't want to fight with the boss over this. Well, to my detriment, we got in the vehicle. We drove another 15 miles down the road and the brakes failed. We're on a downhill off-ramp, driving down the freeway, 65 miles an hour. 
We decide we're going to get off the freeway and turn around. At the top of the off-ramp, the brakes fail completely. Mm. Dave is the driver. He's doing everything he can to stop the vehicle. He's trying to downshift. He's trying to slam. You, I, yeah, I can hear the brakes slam to the floor. Slam, slam. And he's doing everything he can. He's revving the engine. And I reach over and I grab the emergency brake of the vehicle. Mm. And it does nothing. And I hear Dave scream, jump, we're going to crash. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to open the door of a vehicle at 65 miles an hour. The door doesn't just open. Now, I tried to push the door open, and there was no way I could get the door open at that speed big enough to jump out. Mm -hmm. So I just braced myself for the crash. Now, picture this scene. We're on the downhill off-ramp. At the bottom of the off-ramp is a T in the intersection. There's a light, and there's a yield to the right. There's a concrete center divider separating the two lanes of traffic because they're doing construction down there, you know, the big K-rail they use when they're doing construction on the freeway. Mm -hmm. We go 65 miles an hour. We're down at the bottom of this off-ramp. We try to make the yield to the right, and there's an island with all the signs and We mow down the island, mow down all those signs, hit that K-rail at 65 miles an hour, and the truck flies and lands upside down in a ravine on the other Mm. side. So Dave wasn't able to jump out either? No, nobody was able to get out. Yeah. And uh, at that point, when the truck came to a stop, All the pipe had come through the driver's side of the cab. Now, I didn't know this at the time, because as soon as the truck came to a stop, I immediately tried to get out. Time to get out. I'm okay. There's nothing wrong. Now, remind you, I had no seatbelt on. This was an old 1965 truck with no seatbelts. It was gasoline. We had 115 gallons of gas on this truck. And I'm trying to get out. It rolled over. The truck was mangled enough not to break any of the glass. And it was mangled too much to where nothing would operate. The door wouldn't open. The window wouldn't roll down. I couldn't get out of the truck. Now, I remembered that the driver's side window was down. So once I figured out I couldn't get out my side of the truck, I decided, hey, I'll go out the driver's side. That's when I realized that all the pipe had come through the driver's side of the cab pinned my buddy up against the driver's steering wheel, cut off his head, and that's when I realized there's a fire underneath the hood of the truck. Mm. So I'm sitting in this truck. I can't get out. I'm next to my dead friend, and I realize that I'm sitting in 25 gallons of gasoline, Mm. and there's a fire underneath the hood. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how much fear there is in a situation like this? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at 25 gallons of gas. There's a fire under the hood, and I know that I need to get out, and I can't get out. Mm-hmm. So I start beating on the passenger side window with everything I have. My, my elbow, I'm beating on it, and I'm smashing, and there's just no breaking that window with my elbow. Mm-hmm. So I start kicking on the front windshield with my feet. 
I'm kicking on this window and I'm kicking on this window and I'm kicking on this window with everything I have and all of a sudden the fire catches the fumes of the 25 gallons of gas that I'm sitting in. The entire cab engulfs in flames. Fire is everywhere. My hair catches on fire. My hands are on fire. My face starts to melt off. Mm. And I'm kicking on this window. And I'm kicking because I know that I'm going to die in this cab if I don't get out. I know that I need to do whatever it takes. I need to take action to get to live because Mm -hmm. this is literally life and death. My entire body's on fire. I'm burning alive. And I'm kicking on this window with everything I have, and I'm starting to run out of energy. And I know I've got just enough energy for one last kick. And I kick the window with everything I have, and it doesn't break. At this point, I know I'm going to die. And all of a sudden, the window melts out from underneath my feet. And it was like God had opened the doors of hell to let me out. It was a big sigh of relief. The window melted. I kicked a big enough hole to crawl out. And I crawled out. And as soon as I stood up, there was a guy who saw the crash, grabbed a fire extinguisher off the wall, and without hesitation, this guy runs down to the scene. By the time he gets to the scene, I'm out of the truck. I step out of the truck. He said there were 30-foot flames off of me when I stepped out of the truck. He puts me out with CO2, and instantly, this innocent bystander wants to go help the other guy in the truck. Mm. Now, I told him, because I heard him say, this is diesel fuel, it's not going to blow, let's go get the passenger or the driver. And I said, no, this has got 110 gallons of gasoline on it, run, it's going to blow. He took off running. I took two steps away from the vehicle, and the vehicle exploded. Wow. Hey, Paul, we have about a minute left till break. And this is just um, a story that that has us all just captivated here. And we know that, as you're saying, 100% of your body was on fire. And you found out later that um, 85% was with third degree burns. And so we are going to go into a commercial break. And we'd love to hear then um, what has happened uh, since that accident and, and how do you live after something like that happens and to be able to realize that, um, that you're alive and that you didn't die. So stay with us and we will be back um, for a phenomenal story from Paul. Thank you. Awesome. The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta is on Toginet, Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss, cooking. 
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce to gifted children to am I safe to fly to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book Living Our Soul Map. Unleashing the Warrior Goddess Within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com. Giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, here we are. We have Paul B. Harris as our guest today. And Paul was in an accident, in an automobile accident, that left him burning alive in the vehicle. 100% of his body burned, 85% was third-degree burns. And, um, Paul, this is just a fascinating story, and we have such a short time with you here today. We have so many questions for you. But first of all, um, when you finally did come about after living this horrific um, accident, what, what were your first thoughts? Well, my first thought was, thank God I'm alive. You know, the, the, I was just so grateful to be alive. And I think that's a major thing that most of us take for granted. You know, mm-hmm. this life that we have is such a fragile thing. It can be taken away just at an instant. And to be grateful to just suck, to just be, I woke up today and I'm able to breathe. I mean, which is, to which be is so interesting totally for grateful. And that's so interesting for you, Paul, because so many times, um, especially in America, our culture, we put so much emphasis on the way we look and our physical appearance. And if we don't have a good hair day, we don't want to go outside. And here you've had to deal with, like you said, your face was literally melting away and you have the physical appearance that shows that you've been in a car accident and yet you're just excited to be alive. And that, that just speaks volumes. Yeah, it, and and this is this is a major challenge, especially for for women. I mean, guys, there are a lot of guys out there that have the same thing that you know we're so caught up in the way we look, and the way we look is temporary. I mean, we continually change. We continually, as we get older, we change. 
And for me, when I was going through reconstructive surgery, I mean, literally, I had to get used to looking at myself in the mirror on a weekly, sometimes daily basis because my face was changing that fast. I mean, can you imagine what it was like looking at myself the very first time in the mirror? Yeah. It, you know, was, Paul, it, was, it was terrifying. Paul, how obviously your life uh, radically changed. And uh, so I guess uh, for myself and for our listeners, what, what are some of the, the takeaways that you've grown and learned from this experience? I mean, how do you get up every day now and do life? How do you deal with um, uh, these, these big obstacles that come along now and, and even the little ones? How's it changed your life? This has changed my life so much. I have, I have, I have true gratitude. I have true faith. And I have true joy in life. I'm not caught up in the little, everyday, minuscule stuff that really doesn't matter. Like, yeah. for instance, how I look. If somebody's going to love me or not love me, it's because of who I am, not what I look like. Mm-hmm. How do you have joy, Paul? How do I have joy? I just, I find joy in everything in life. I mean, mm-hmm. right now I'm sitting on my back porch talking to you on the phone, inspiring thousands of people all over the world, listening to the birds chirp on a wonderful summer morning. I mean, how Life doesn't get any better. Well, you know, Paul, the other day when we were talking, you made a comment about uh, God guides us and we have the the opportunity for free will. And before this accident, you were heading down a path that was just a very destructive path and which we, we can all make those choices. And yet after this accident, you have realized that I am here and I am living for, for one purpose. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like the, the, the choices of free will. Right. The choices of free will, you know, it, I, earlier in my life, I had the free will, the selfish, to literally walk down the path of self-destruction. And, and this is the thing about free will is we can choose to be one way or the other. And, and I was walking down the wrong path of my life and God set forth, to put something in my life that caused me to walk down the correct path. Now, 20 years ago, I would have not said that being burned 85%, third-degree burns, was a, you know, I would have never told you in the future that I would be saying, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. And it is true. It is true because the person I was prior to me being burned it's not the person that you see here today. I'm not the find out. I was not the fine, outstanding member of society that goes out, gets on calls, and helps to make a major difference in other people's lives, to inspire you to look at your life and understand that, hey, what I'm going through isn't that bad. If this guy, if Paul Harris can have everything he wants in his life, and what I've accomplished in my life is absolutely amazing. Hmm. Paul? And obviously, we only have so much time. You know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. Well, I'm 41. Well, I'm Paul, what do, you, what do you say to the person? I mean, 
uh, it's unusual what you've been through, but, and yet there's so many people who are, um, they're at a dead end. They feel like they have no hope. They might as well be uh, captive in a, in a truck cab that they can't get out of because that's what they feel like, whether it be uh, somebody that's left them or no job, uh, no money, and it's just hopeless. What would you say to that person? I would say change your focus. You know, I think that's what, that's what most, most, the challenge is with most people is they focus on what they don't want in their life and more of it shows up. And, and it, it, it sounds really simple to change your focus. And once we start looking for what we want in our life, the happiness in our life, the love in our life, the good things in our life, look for the good in everything and you will find it. I guarantee you will. Just as if, if you start looking for all the bad stuff in your life, you're going to find that too. Yeah, Paul, has this changed any of your spiritual beliefs? I mean, when you say change your focus, what would you change your focus to? And uh, what do you, what do you, where do you put your hope in? I put my faith in, in, my faith is in God. You know, I, I never know which path it is I'm supposed to walk down. I just continue to move forward, and things start to reveal themselves to me. As long as I'm focusing on and have my faith in the right place. Right. You know, when I get caught up in, in anger and, and pain and fear, this is when I have no faith. I'm in control. I'm personally taking control of my life when I'm in fear and guilt and pain and anger. That's how I know when I'm on the wrong path. When, I'm, when my focus is out of whack, my emotions tell me which direction I need to be going. When I feel good, when I'm feeling just happy and joy... That's when I'm doing the right thing. I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about other people. Right, right. We get so caught up in what we want and what we need. You know, I I came from a world of what can you do for me, and now I'm in a world of what can I do for you. Yeah, when our focus is on ourselves, our eyeballs are down. I call it the navel syndrome. You're just looking down at yourself and your problems (laughs) Uh, <clears throat> it's not going to go the right way. And you, you're you right. You have to get your focus on God and up and uh, and what what he wants you to do. And, Paul, we, we have a few minutes left. Um, you mentioned that you literally had um, one of those out-of-life experiences because you, you died three different times and they had to revive you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I was, uh, I died and I was in, I was at this table, and at the the horizon is all pinks and purples and oranges, kind of overcast looking. And at the end of this table, this table was really long, and it goes off into the horizon. And at the end of this table, there's a demon, huge, took up the whole entire horizon like a like a dragon with wings, only stood up like a man with claws, and it points at me. 
and it says, you are mine, in this big, deep, evil voice. And then it starts coming towards me. And I was terrified. I'm at the end of this table. This demon is at the other end. And there were entities on either side of this table. And this thing was huge. And it keeps coming toward me and keeps coming toward me. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more detailed. And one of these entities between me and this demon gets up on the table halfway between me and where this demon was. And the demon, when it gets this entity, it just swoops up this entity and eats it like it's nothing and continues to come towards me. And then I'm really terrified. And all of a sudden, the demon stops. He pauses. And then he blows up into this white, big, giant, flowy angel and all that anger and all that fear, all that terror was gone. And all I felt was peace. And this one event led me to believe that an angel gave its life for me to have a second chance and making a big difference on this earth. I'm truly grateful to have that opportunity. And it's my free will, my choice to step up, take action, and make a difference in other people's lives. Sounds like you approach life with a passion now. I do. I do. I have fully, I have major passion for other people. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's nothing better than saying something and watching the light go, light bulb go on in someone's life and go, wow, it's my responsibility for my happiness. All I have to do is do it. It really is that simple. Well, we loved having you as a guest, Paul. This has just been um, a phenomenal uh, morning and hearing um, how you've been able to master your fears, to go from an incredible, um, well, actually not an incredible, a horrific accident to the incredible attitude that you have right now. And like you said, your focus on, on just your faith and God and how you've been able to turn that around and, and have a good attitude. If you stay tuned with us, we have Sophia Johnson uh, next. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. 
and two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, fairytalewishesinc.com. And for Diana, thenextbigzing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Diana Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We have a guest host, Kathy Morgan, my sister, with us this morning. So it Hi has there. been a great show listening to Paul Harris. And next we have Sophia Johnson. Sophia is a fighter and survivor. She loves politics. Uh, she just returned from D.C. where she had the opportunity to introduce Senator John McCain. Sophia is active in the Doty London Organization, a statewide program to help women in political involvement. And Sophia, are you there? I am. I'm here. Good morning. Well, Thank I you just, for having me. Yes, we are so excited to, uh, to listen to your story. I know you suffered from a scuba diving accident and literally drowned on the Gulf of Mexico you were rescued by a gentleman who happened to be a carrier of human parvo, which you never, you hear of animals having parvo. You don't hear of human parvo. Um, what what exact, exactly happened? Um, yes, uh, well, I am a certified scuba diver, and normally I scuba dive in cold water, and I tried to do the warm water thing, and so I went to Mexico, and because the water is so warm, you don't really need your um, your wetsuit. So um, I got in and I was hyperventilating because it was so warm. So I got out and took the wetsuit off and just left my lycra suit on. And through diver error and experience, I didn't have a lot of dives logged. I um, didn't recalculate the weight. And I didn't have a weight belt. I had um, weights in my pocket. And so I didn't recalculate the weight. And so when I went back in the water, I sunk too quickly. And so as I sunk down, uh, I panicked, and I, I tried to release the weight. And because I'm left-handed, I was panicking. I was looking all over for the release cord on the uh, left-hand side instead of the right-hand side because it's natural that I use my left hand. So 
just uh, sunk about 35 feet and um, saw a pinnacle underwater and grabbed onto it and uh, tried to think calmly. And, of course, I didn't. Just I just kept panicking, went from one one mistake after another. So um, as I was uh, panicking, I guess the pressure in my head caused blood to come out of my nose and my ears. And um, the, it was, the blood was filling up in the mask, so I couldn't see. And so I decided to just take... Uh, I took the regulator out to scream for help, which is silly because nobody can hear you underwater that that deep. But um, it was just a natural instinct. I put the regulator back in, forgot to clear it. So my next breath was not air, it was water, which Uh was water into my lungs. Mm. So um, I I was coughing, you know, quite a bit. And so I I just decided to take all my equipment off and throw it away in the ocean. and, And I tried to swim to the top. By then, I was already blacked out, you know, so I just floated to the top, basically, and oh, some divers found me at the top and uh, gave me CPR, and uh, there was no hyperbaric chambers there, and so uh, they didn't know how deep I was when I drowned, so they didn't know if I had nitrogen in my bloodstream or not, so um, they took me to the main uh, salon of the dive boat and, and put me on oxygen for about 24 hours. The next day, I did have to dive. Uh, the other sport divers went and found my equipment about 60 or 70 feet underwater. They recovered it, and I, I actually um, went scuba diving again the next day with a master diver who naturally decompressed, just in case. Just to have to did. decompress your body. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and then this um, this human parvo that you... Uh, that you got from the these divers, or um, that that gave you CPR. This led to vascular necro- necrosis. Well, is um, that what? I, yes, it's a vascular necrosis um, with the human parvovirus. I was laid up in bed for about eight months, and then got pneumonia, and and had to be on an albuterol machine for about six more months. And um, I had some problems with my lungs and didn't get any air, so the doctors had to put me on prednisone. And part of the side effect of prednisone um, is that it can give you avascular necrosis. And that's exactly what happened years later. I discovered that I do have avascular necrosis. Um, the heart pumps blood throughout your body to keep your body alive. And for some reason, um, the heart is pumping blood to my hips, but the, the femur heads uh, won't receive the blood. So I'm in stage two, and the, the hips are actually dying, so I'm not supposed to be weight-bearing, so I actually should be in a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair off and on for the last three years, and uh, with crutches, and so it's a very painful, painful thing. I'm waiting for them to either collapse, or I need to go into surgery and have both of them replaced. So, mm-hmm. so you, this led from, here you are, a scuba diver, and um, one scenario after another, um, has just put you on a path of of basically craziness from being in a wheelchair to um, having some struggles with disability and then left you homeless from your husband locking you out of out of the house and I know when you and I were talking one of the things I, I thought was really interesting is you were always um, very much wanting to go into politics I know you want to run for position position in Arizona and but you would volunteer for campaigns because you knew you would be able to eat. They always offered food there. So to be at that state, that just to get food, you're going to go um, 
donate your time at, you know, for different political campaigns because you know there's going to be food. That would definitely be at, at the bottom. Would you say that that's where you were? Oh, yes, very much so. It was the worst experience of my life. Um, you know, I, I recovered from the parvo. Obviously, I'll be, I'll have parvo for the rest of my life, but it's not, you know, it's just dormant. And um, when I recovered, I, I was hit by a van that was going 40 miles an hour, which injured my back. So I just had my, my uh, final, the last disc in my uh, back fused together a couple of years ago with cadaver bone. And so that created some more problems. And then, you know, I, I thought, you know, I had a pretty good life because I was married. And, and like you said, once, you know, I was locked out of my home. Um, because, you know, you start to panic. You think, God, where are you? Uh, I have to make a living somehow because with this, this little bit of disability tension, what do I have to do? And you force yourself to everything within you to, to want to survive and figure out how to live and work. And because I had a passion in, in politics, you're right. Um, a lot of these campaign things, when you volunteer, they do provide food. And some of the people there will bless you with gift cards for gas or for, for groceries, <laughs> you know. And so I knew that was a way. And, and I could live in my car and I could still survive and I can live on different people's couches, you know. So uh, it was like a blessing in a way because it, it kind of, had that not happened, I wouldn't be as involved in politics as I am today because it was always a dream and I felt I couldn't do it because I was too ill or thinking now that I'm forced to do it, it's really changed my life. And actually, I think it's actually helped my health. Well, you've talked a lot about um, just how valuable girlfriends have been in your life. And and now you've, you've joined a program called Winning with Women. What exactly, for, for the listeners out there, what would you say, what has motivated you? I mean, that would be easy just to go, okay, I am done here. I am completely finished with trying to, trying to survive. Exactly. Um, well, you know, I was accepted into the Dodie Lennon program, first of all, you know, which is a statewide training program to prepare women for increased political involvement. And um, it's a process where you write, you know, um, an application now. It's a two-tier process. And then this board will select from the applicants, and then they'll have an um, interview with you personally. And then once they select you, you have an eight-month program. Uh, where they train you in, in political stuff. So I got to meet a lot of wonderful, wonderful, dedicated, passionate women through Dodie London, and they helped me during this process um, actually get through because I was about the same time I got accepted at the same time uh, my husband changed the locks on the house. So um, I was they were out there to help me, you know. Some of them gave me clothes or a coat and, and money and uh even, you know, we need to print some documents for the program, and I had a girlfriend who did all my printing, and, and she reminded me, now, don't forget, we have to do this, because I couldn't think straight, because I was trying to figure out survival things, and, and so I, I called her my personal assistant, because, you know, but these girls did it on their own. They, they on their own, wanted to help, you know, and, and so they stepped up to the plate, and that's why girlfriends are so important, and one of the ladies... Um, founded Winning with Women, she was part of the Dodie Lennon program. Her name is Leslie Van Borsum, and she, along with Rosemarie Strout and myself, founded Winning with Women. You know, it was Leslie's idea, and we were assisting her in this. And Winning with Women brought us more girlfriends that helped one another. And it's similar to Dodie Lennon, although it's not a training program, but we are trying to bring women together that are in high uh, political offices or that are running for offices, different candidates from across local, state, and federal offices to get together in the old-fashioned way just to have coffee and talk to one another and cross county so that 
girlfriends can know each other, not just in their own county or their own little Republican political club, but outside of that, so that sure. we have friends all over the state. And we're hoping that, you know, it'll become uh, very well-known. Um, we've had two events with Winning with Women. We're going to have one uh, Friday, June 25th at 5 o'clock in Goodyear, and we have some women who are running in Tucson for state Congress coming out to Goodyear so that the women out west get to know some of the women from the south side of our state. So, so um, Sophia, it, yes. it sounds like that day that you went diving changed your life, and and but the changes have been such a slow process. Uh, so oftentimes we just we want to see every step for the next um, ten years in our life unfold, and it doesn't go that way, does it? Uh, Not what would at you, all. <laughs> what would you say to uh, just briefly? We don't have that much time left, but what would you say to the gal who is maybe her diving accident, so to speak, just happened yesterday, and life just seems pretty bleak? Uh, what encouragement would you say to her? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, um, you know, I noticed when I drowned that, that I, I recognized what grace and peace were, that grace was God's free and spontaneous action to take, taken to meet human need at that moment. Whatever you're going through, you'll, you'll find that grace comes because God gives it freely and spontaneously at that moment when you need it. And then peace, uh, well, I just found the overwhelming peace because... Peace is the inner harmony independent um, in it, of the external circumstances you're going through. So it's almost like you feel like two people. You know, you have inner harmony, and it's independent of the external circumstances that you're going through. So you still feel well, peace. You still feel all that yucky stuff around you, you know? Yes. And you know, Sophia, when we were talking the other day, because I, I love all that, what you're saying, you had made uh, a comment about your favorite saying, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. And, and I love that. And you've been such a good example of that. And we just, we are at the end of our show. And we just have to thank you, Sophia, to, for taking the time to be with us today. And stay tuned for our next Thursday as we have some incredible guests. Thanks, Sophia. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.